This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello and welcome to MS Momentum, the radio show for people with MS, their family, whānau and support teams. And this week's very special radio show star is Hannah Teviotdale, audiologist. So hello Hannah and welcome and thanks very much for coming in today. I know you were vaguely shanghaied into doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so can you first start by telling us what an audiologist does? Um, sure, no problem. Thank and you. Hello. Um, well, an audiologist is a hearing health professional mm-hmm. and we specialise in hearing. Um, a typical day includes check- checking people's ears for wax or signs of infection okay. and testing hearing, doing tinnitus assessments, fitting hearing aids um, and sometimes even fitting custom hearing protection. What does custom hearing protection look like versus a hearing aid? Uh, a custom hearing protection would be for people like musicians or okay. um, people that want to um, wear earplugs when they swim or they sleep or when they sleep so we take impressions of their ears and then get them custom made to fit the exact shape of their ears what do you do to take the impressions <laughs> i just had visions of someone pouring plaster into your ear <laughs> sort of like that um you put a little um block blocker on a string down the yeah. ear canal very carefully so it creates a dam in the ear canal wow and then you mix up a material that's um soft and squeeze it into the ear using, oh, wow. a, using a syringe um, and then it takes a few minutes to set hard and then it all comes out as one piece. We send it off to the lab, they scan it and make the um, earplug off that. Wow, how amazing yeah. is that? Yeah, yeah. I'd never thought of pouring things into ears, <laughs> but there you <laughs> yeah. are. Candle waxing is what my sister used to do. Oh, right. Um, so, so how did you come to be an audiologist? Um, well, to be honest, I didn't know about audiology until I was at university in mm. Otago. Yeah. I started off thinking I was going to do law, changed my mind um, and kept on with my psychology degree, thought yeah. I was going to do something in health psychology and then attended a talk on audiology at the university and thought that sounded perfect for me because it's um, a really great mix of being in, in a health-related yep. industry and working with people and I thought it's a fantastic job to actually have a positive impact on people's life um, and also working with technology that's always changing and oh, working okay. with adults and children. So there's quite so a there's lot of broad variety. range of people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So, and services you can provide, you've just gone over those. So, tinnitus check. <clears throat> so, mm-hmm. is tinnitus is quite common? Um, yeah, quite a lot of people do have tinnitus. It is more common with uh, when people also have a hearing loss. Okay. So, it's often, often it should be thought of as a symptom of hearing loss. So, oh, right. Yeah, and if you don't know, tinnitus is sound that you hear in your ears um, in the absence of a sound in the environment. Often it's heard as ringing or hissing or buzzing or sounding like cicadas or a static sort of sound. I quite often have a radio show in the background, <laughs> yeah. which someone did inform me was a form of tinnitus, tinnitus well, not yeah. madness. Not madness, no. Um, but it's like low grade, and I'll growl about the neighbours having their music too high, and my son goes, it's you. All right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. He has hearing issues. So, and as part of your role to educate people on ear health and how, how do we maintain ear health as we age, is there such a thing? 
Yeah, there is ear health, and you could interpret that in two ways. You could interpret ear health as the actual physical health of your ears and to things like making sure they're clear of any infection or build-up of earwax. Mm-hmm. So a big part of my role is looking in people's ears and giving them advice if they do seem to have too much wax in their ears. I don't personally do wax removal, but mm-hmm. I would refer people on to an ear nurse that does okay. do microsuction. That's the safest and most effective way of taking earwax out. Right. It's like a little vacuum cleaner for your ear. So you have to you have to go to an audiologist in order for that next step to happen or uh, you can just go to the Yeah, if you think if you feel like your ears are blocked with wax you can just make an appointment with an ear nurse. Okay. Or have someone else check um, check your ears. But the other part of ear health I would say is actually looking after your hearing. So mm-hmm. interpreting it as hearing health and that is a really important So um, we would recommend that people do have their hearing checked every year or two years. Oh, okay. Especially as they are, if they get get older. Yep, definitely. Um, And then if you know what your hearing is like, that's really important. So it's good to know um, or catch a hearing loss earlier so you can uh, understand it or do something about it if necessary. Because I think, is it true that some people don't actually know they're losing their hearing? Yeah, that's really true. Hearing loss often happens really gradually, mm. and it might just happen for certain frequencies and not the whole frequency range. Okay. <clears throat> so often people's family members or friends will notice their hearing loss before they do themselves. Yep. I'm just thinking of a friend of mine who has severe hearing loss, and she would always go, hey, mm. hey, and I'm like, we're too young for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's a good if you do um, have your hearing checked every year, then you know mm. about it. Um, yeah. So where I work, we do um, free hearing checks for everyone over forty. Oh wow! Yeah, as part of so we at Specsavers Audiology, and we it, when someone comes in for a sight check, mm-hmm. they are offered a hearing test as part of the test. Wow. Mm. So we're trying to normalise it. Like Most people are good at getting all sorts of other health checks done, yeah, but, but not. not their ears. We tend yeah. to take them for, gran- for granted a bit, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Yep. And it's, um, yeah, I, no- I notice that I have quite a lot of old, older people around me, um, family and clients. Sorry, you lot, you are ageing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I notice that for some hearing as they age, the hearing loss becomes worse. But also, I have an auntie with tinnitus, and she suffers from that quite, mm-hmm. quite badly. Yeah. And so, just I know it's not an air question list, but is vertigo and hearing loss are they related? They can be. Yeah. Because lots of people with MS also also get vertigo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's different things that can cause vertigo. Mm. Um, some of them are caused by disturbances in the inner ear. So yeah. the inner ear has got two main roles. One role is hearing, so it's got the sensory cells for hearing. Yeah. It's also got the um, balance organ, so, so it's a vestibular system as yeah. part of the inner ear. So that's three semicircular canals, and they're um, organised so they can sense movement of your head in different directions. Okay. Um, and some people do have um, disturbances in their vestibular system. Sometimes it happens to both, and but more commonly you just have an issue affecting one side. Yeah. So then the brain isn't getting a balanced signal from each ear. Okay. And that makes you feel very dizzy. Oh, or right. Or lose your balance. Yep. Oh, okay. That's the best explanation I've ever heard of that. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> um, so an age does impact on our hearing? 
as we age, it there is an impact. Yes, yep, definitely. Yep. Um, in the general population, it's about hearing loss is um, about one in five people. Okay. Um, if you get over sixty-five, it's more like one in three. Wow. And then when you're getting over to sort of seventy-five, I think it's more like one in two people. Getting closer to fifty percent of people wow. have some degree of hearing loss. Like, that's quite significant, isn't it? I didn't realise. Mm. And one in five is still quite a lot of people. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, it's, I think it's about eighteen percent of people in the general population. That's huge. Yep. Okay. You can listen to this and other podcasts on oar.org.nz. Hannah's musical interlude is a message to my girl by Crowded House because it was a wedding song. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's probably an anniversary or something. The last two people that played wedding songs had been married within the week before they came to me. All right. So there we go. Crowded House.
that was message to my girl, boy, actually, as it turns out, split ends, not crowded house, but it was Neil Finn, so he's in both. That was the musical choice of Hannah, audiologist. Now, Hannah, I have read that balance issues were mostly to do with the inner ear, and we've already actually covered that as something you can help with. So if someone's got vertigo and they come to you, what can you do to help them? Um so if you do have vertigo, it is an important thing to have your hearing assessed. Mm-hmm. So what we would do is a, di- a full diagnostic hearing test. Right. So um, a, mes- a, a test to see what their middle ear function is like, um, a threshold test to see what their hearing lo- loss is like, um, the hearing levels are like, mm-hmm. um, and some tests using speech stimulus. Um, in New Zealand, that's about as much as m- most audiologists can do. Okay. Um, I have previously worked in a hearing imbalance clinic. That was when I was in London. So right. we were doing. I was working in a balance clinic that had all the test equipment to actually diagnose mm. balance disorders. But in New Zealand, um, diagnosing balance disorders is mainly done by GPs or ear, nose and throat specialists or physios. A lot of physios actually do the testing for balance specialists. Our balance disorders. There's actually a specialised physiotherapy clinic in Dunedin that does a lot of that. The one where they throw you, tell you how to throw yourself around. Yeah, that um, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, you need more specialised equipment to measure like eye movement and have hmm. um, that sort of thing. Yeah, I was diagnosed with it, but it took months. Yeah, yeah, months and months. And I saw a specialist, and he just wiggled his hand, his finger in front of me, and said, "You've got vertigo," and I'm like. Right. Okay. And then said, yeah. okay, you need to learn how to throw yourself around. And yeah. I'm like, great. Mm, yeah, there's lots of specialised tests to work out which part or what type of balance disorder you might have. Okay. Um, because there's one that's quite common where um, little particles get loose in one of the the semicircular canals that I was talking about yeah. before, and that really disrupts the um, input from that side and okay. makes you feel very dizzy yeah. and there's a certain manoeuvre to test for that disorder and then another manoeuvre to sort of um, correct it. Get them back in. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Yeah, but um, a lot of the time that's done by physios. One of my darling clients said that the physio came and th- showed, how did yeah. she put it, showed me how to throw myself across the bed. Yeah, yep, <laughs> she was exactly. quite. Busy. She's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, but it can be very successful if that's what's caused yeah. your vertigo. Yeah. It's quite, um, it's it's reasonably common, I think. I seem to know, mind you, I work with mm. people with MS, so that's a thing. And you, you do, um, so you would forward someone on to a physiotherapist? Yes. Yep. Yeah. You do so, a referral through that? Yeah, I do a referral through that, or even just um, put them in the right, point them in the right direction with the mm-hmm. right people to contact. Yeah, okay. and I've done a lot of that. Um, now, hearing aids and phone alerts, I've got that down as a query because I know for some people, and I found out a bit of shaking bed the other day, <laughs> instead of for a smoke alarm, oh, a shaking yeah. bed yeah. rather than yeah. A, um, yeah. a smoke alarm if you can't hear it. Yes, yeah. Um, so for a lot of people who have a severe hearing loss, especially in the high frequencies, mm. they wouldn't hear a smoke alarm to a, a loud enough volume to wake them up okay. if they're asleep. Um, so when we're assessing hearing, one thing we're looking at is if they've got that type of hearing loss and they live alone, that we refer them to the Life Unlimited service. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they can or- organise an assessment in their home for fire safety and other assistive, assistive listening devices. Okay, so Life Unlimited is throughout the country, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. Okay, cool. So is there anything we can do to protect our hearing in everyday life? Like, does putting an earbud in your ear actually cause damage? 
um, you've got to be really careful with your personal listening devices and how loud they are. Yeah. So generally, um, you shouldn't have them up more than about 60% of their total okay. volume. It's, it's going to differ depending on the device yeah. that you've got. Another way to check that it's not too loud is if someone's sitting next to you and they can hear your music. It's yes, too I have loud. a teenager. It is too yeah, loud. Yeah, that's yes. too loud. Um, and you've got, you've got to think about it as a, a daily dose of sound. Okay. So if you've got a noisy a noisy hobby, say you've been in your shed doing woodwork all day, yeah. hopefully you're wearing hearing protection when you're doing that. Oh, okay. But if you're not, and then you go and listen to your personal system for half an hour too loud, yeah. that's a big Dose, dose of daily sound, um, so then then that half an hour is more risky. So you well. have to like manage your quota for your hearing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yep. oh, I hadn't thought of that, but that's actually quite. So if you're w- mm. watching, um, I know my brother-in-law has got hearing aids now, but his their TV is roaring, and right. we have ours really quiet at home. So yeah. I notice that it's quite stunning the difference. Right. Yeah. And yep. I'm like, okay, it's too loud for me. Mm. I have quite a, a very sensitive hearing issue, yeah. so I'm I can hear quite a lot of stuff that yep. and it's like oh no too loud yeah, yep. and it's stumpy music as well I don't I yeah. dislike yeah um and there's, there's some red flags to watch out for in terms of noise exposure so if you're ever okay. listening to something and then you move away from it and your ears feel dull like your hearing feels dull oh, okay that's a major red flag that it's been too loud or if you move away from it and your ears are ringing another really major red flag that that sound exposure has been too much so when people are outside pottering around mowing lawns mm-hmm. or or doing like woodwork or something like that or on machinery mm-hmm. hearing hearing yeah. Yep, earmuffs, ideally, or earplugs, yep. Something to protect the the ears is important. So even for mowing lawns? Yep, yep. It does depend a bit on your lawn mower. Some of them are very very quiet. quiet, Yeah, electric ones, I think. Yeah, a lot of them are quite loud, so. It makes quite a lot of noise if I'm pushing it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because it's a push mower. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the son's been, he does that job now. Oh, nice. So you talked about cognition and hearing? Yeah, yeah. so there's been quite a lot of research on um, the link between or association of hearing loss and cognitive function. Okay. So what they've found is those people with hearing loss ha- are also more likely to have a higher rate of cognitive decline. Okay. Yeah. Do you know why there's a correlation there? Um, that's been quite well studied and Mm. part of it what they think is that if you have a hearing loss you're a bit removed from conversation communication you might start to get a bit isolated you might stop going to that social Mm. event because you can't hear Um, you might and then you also have to use your brain at um, the level just to follow the conversation yeah so you're straining to keep up with the conversation instead of keeping up with a conversation and thinking, oh, actually, I read about this the other day and, you know, using the brain to that sort of level. I I have found um, in group settings where I've had clients who have hearing issues that they don't contribute because they can't keep up with the conversation and it has to be a really quiet background before they can contribute. Yes, yeah. And it's like... um, And they tend to do quite quiet things anyway. Yeah. So it's like, I'm thinking they go biking instead of doing anything too, like push biking instead of motorbiking and things. Yeah. yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to tell us? Um, just really that um, 
And if you have hearing loss, it would be great to, I mean, if you... If you haven't had your hearing tested, it would be great to get your hearing tested because okay. it's really important. It's a really important yeah. part of our general well-being. Um, the other thing is that a lot of people are worried about their hearing. There's actually a study done not that long ago that it, I think it was about eighty percent of wow. Um, oh, sorry. Just over eighty three percent, over eighty percent of um, New Zealanders are actually worried about the hearing, but um, don't, don't. not many have done. Not many people have done anything about it. So you've got this big concern that, that you have a hearing loss, but um, but no, no one's actually going to get it. Are they scared of the results? Yeah, yeah. I think people are worried about um, it's going to cost a lot, or it's um, going to be. Um, the yeah, well, problem's that, I mean, not bad could, enough or it's going to be too expensive to see someone or the problem's going to go away by itself. Um, but if you – so the best thing for people like that to do is just to book in, like at Specsavers we do free 15-minute hearing checks. Yep, that's quite that, – yeah. that's good. I'm pleased you said that. Yeah, and you can book that online or calling mm-hmm. the store. Um, and it's just a great way of knowing what your hearing is like because the sooner you do something about a hearing loss, the better the outcomes are generally. Do you find that um – People are more think their hearing's worse than than it actually is. Sometimes when they it come is. In. Yeah, sometimes because um, a lot of people do have a bit of difficulty in background noise. Yeah. Um. So they then worry about their hearing. Um. So coming in to have a hearing check, you just you know what your overall hearing levels are mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Um. So that's really important. Um. And being worried about being it being expensive. Um. If you have a look at our website, you can see all the prices on there. Um, and a lot of people also worry that hearing aids is, are not what they are now. Those yeah, they're quite a lot smaller, the aren't top, they? Yeah, they're really small and they're really clever. Like they've got Bluetooth connectivity with your smartphone and all these automatic features. Yeah. And generally people do well with hearing aids. I have a lot of people telling me that they just they wish they'd done something about it sooner because it's had a really positive effect Impact. on their yeah. Yeah, because their if, if you can't hear then there is that social iso- you yeah. know, that, that isolation that happens. Exactly, and yeah. It's um it seems like a really simple thing to fix, but it seems to be that we we it's quite bad actually. Yeah. Exactly. And the impact yep. of it yeah. is actually quite important. Exactly. I've had people tell me that now when they go and meet their friends for lunch, they can be involved in the conversation. Yeah. They don't go home feeling really exhausted from all the effort of trying to follow the conversation. They don't worry that they're going to hear the wrong thing and, and yep. be embarrassed or, you know, that sort of thing. So I think it's really important. Yeah, it is. It's, it's for that social engagement. It's quite mm. – um, it is really important. And I uh, – yeah, I'm not sure that uh, – some of my clients are in the older age bracket, so that's quite, you know, and things yeah. start going wrong and you worry about your eyes and all the rest yeah. of it. But sometimes hearing's at the back of the list of things that we probably need to. Yeah, yeah. So it should, do you think it should be, or it would be useful for it to be in a yearly checkup plan for people? Yes, I do, yeah. Yeah, and also talking to me about any funding that's available because there's Ministry of Health subsidies that can oh, help with the cost of hearing aids. Um, some people are entitled to more funding if they're a, um, a caregiver for someone and have a community services oh, card. Oh, that's excellent, yes. Yeah, or if ACC funding if um, they've had occupational noise exposure. So, Cool. 
So this has been MS Momentum with Valerie on oar.org.nz and our special radio guest today has been Hannah Teviotdale, audiologist. So thank you very much, Hannah. Can you tell us how to get hold of you? Sure. I work at Specsavers Audiology in Dunedin. Um, you can call the store on 03477-0301 or visit our website, which is specsavers.co.nz. Great. Thank you very much. The Otago Multiple Sclerosis Society aims to empower people with multiple sclerosis and their families by providing them with information and skills to participate actively in the community in ways that are meaningful to them. MSOtago.org.nz or give us a call toll free on on 0508 MS Otago. That's 0508 6768 246. Otago Multiple Sclerosis Society working for the people of Otago. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.